This is the Pathways to Greatness podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Forrester. Many of you that follow me on social media have probably seen me say something about Highlight Coaching and Consulting. So what is that? So what we do at Highlight is we focus on teaching teens and young adults, and that's 18 to 35, valuable life skills that we wish we would have known. You know, I often ask the question, you've heard me ask it on some of these episodes of, if you could go back in time to high school and give yourself three pieces of advice, what would it be? It was actually an episode that I had not that long ago. Well, these pieces of advice is what motivated and inspired Jessica to create the ETA program to be able to pour back into teens and young adults because if we can equip them now in things that will help them make better decisions, not only through their high school years, their college years, but these are things that are going to stay with them forever. So if you're a parent listening to this and you have a teen or young adult, or if you happen to be a teen or young adult and you're listening to this as well, is the investment that you make today will pay massive dividends in the future. So these courses aren't free, um, these programs aren't free, but they're very, very worth it, if you ask me, because it's something that I know that I've just had to figure out. And so if I can help shorten the learning curve from 35 to 40 years down to just a few years, how can you put a value on that? Anyways, check it out. There's a link in the bio, not the bio, and then show notes um, for highlightcoaching.com. I encourage you to go there, check it out, reach out with questions, and let's have a conversation. Thanks. Here's the episode. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's Jeff, and on today's episode, I have Jessica Villegas. <laughs> so I know that I overpronunciated that name because I messed it up the first time. And uh, Jessica and I, we've known each other for about a year now. And I don't think I've ever actually said her name to her to be corrected. And so I've been saying her last name incorrectly for a long time. The show today is one filled with information that I didn't know. And it was really fun to get to know Jessica a little bit deeper and a little, know a little bit more about her background. And it just shows um, what she's doing and why she's doing what she's doing. And that's such a critical thing is when you're thinking about goals, vision, mission, what you want to accomplish in life, it's going back to your why. And so some of the nuggets that I want you to pay attention to today is believe it until you become it, behave like who you want to be, and that your legacy can start today. So there's tons of information in here that whether you're 15 or 50, that you can apply to your life starting today, and you can set yourself on another course. So Jessica, thank you. Everybody, here we go. See, sometimes it's good to start this early and sometimes it's not <laughs> because I messed up your last name and it, I'm going to have you say it um, to make sure that I get it right. Cause I don't know if, I don't think I've ever said your last name and I know if I have, I haven't said it correctly. 
because I've always said it the way I said it again. So how do you say it again? Villegas. Villegas. Okay. Well, when you look at it, it looks like Villegas. Well, or... I guess if it was a J. Or, or, I mean, a lot of people think it's Spanish, but my husband's Filipino, so it's pronounced um, differently because the dialect is different. Tagalog. Yeah, a lot Mm -hmm. of my really good friends are Filipino, and Mm -hmm. so um, I have an affinity for the Filipino culture, as do you, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Just a bit. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's good. Well, look. Before we get started, so now we've said your name. So you're a mother, wife, entrepreneur, coach, speaker, founder of Highlight Coaching, and so much more, um, because I know that your schedule is busier than mine. Um, But before we get started, I like to play Would You Rather. Sounds good. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Okay. (laughs) Would you rather freeze time or go back in time? Freeze time. Why? I'm really enjoying where I am right now in life. And there have been other times where I've really enjoyed where I was at. And I just wanted to relish in the moment just a bit longer to either like soak in the phase that my kids were in or soak in an an accomplishment um, or just really enjoy like my youth (laughs) because it just seems to have disappeared. Um, But yeah, I, I think you know, freezing time versus going back. I mean, when you go back, you're, you may change the things that have made you who you are and how, you know, those, those experiences shape you and going back could create a new instance where you wouldn't get that shaping because you would make a different choice. So yeah, freezing time is more. Yeah, when you were saying that, I was thinking of Back to the Future. You know, Mm -hmm. one one punch changed everything. He went from wanting the truck to having the truck and Mm -hmm. then, you know, wanting the the big house and all the fun stuff to having it. So you wonder how did that change the rest? But if you go back in time, are you still the same person even though the trajectory changed because you went back? So it's always an interesting dilemma to think about. Yeah. That's why I like the question. A good question. Okay. Would you rather live without music or TV? TV. For sure. What do you listen to? Um, I really like hip hop music and pop and you know, some rap music. <laughs> what who would who is like one of your favorite artists? Um, well, I really like Cardi B if we're talking more modern, Um, but going back to, you know, I've listened to many different styles of and genres of music throughout my life. When I was a teenager, I really loved classic rock. So, I mean, Fleetwood Mac, my my ultimate all-time favorite band, hands down to this day. Um, I mean, that's just total artistry and mastery of of music in my opinion. Um, but I went through a phase where I really liked heavy rock and like metal. I went through a phase where I really liked country and currently I just really like pop music and rap music and, um, hip hop music. 
because it it's just fun. It allows me to kind of escape from my very up way of thinking um, and be creative and have fun in my mind. But yeah, I think if I was going to pick an all-time favorite band, Fleetwood Mac would be it. Okay. And then you bring up a good point is you, or at least a, a topic to think about is when you look at Fleetwood Mac and you look at rap today or just hip hop today or just music of today, do you feel as if the poetry has been lost in exchange for a, a beat or a rhythm that what gets you motivated and excited? Um, I don't think that the poetry has been lost. I think if anything, I find um, hip hop music to be super entertaining because they make really good puns. Um, and I, I don't know, it makes me think in a different way. I find it to be entertaining, sometimes hilarious. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It moves too fast for me and I have no idea what they're saying. that's why I like older music. So I just confess that I like slower things that I can understand, but I usually (laughs) just listen to the music anyways, regardless of what's playing is I kind of just listen to the, the, the tune. Um, But there's some bands that I listen to the words, but I guess I just can't pay attention long enough to listen to every word. (laughs) That's my problem. Okay. Would you rather read a book or listen to one? listen to a book for sure. Okay. Why so? Like going back to what I just mentioned about the music, it allows me to paint pictures more freely in my mind without having to concentrate on the task of actually holding the book, reading the book, uh, carving out time. I have three kids. So carving out time to like escape and be able to read and focus um, versus listening, listening. I can do this anytime, especially when I'm driving Um, or I'm taking a walk, or I have some quiet downtime, and I I can multitask. Um, But it just allows me to more freely paint pictures and make connections in my mind um, when I'm listening. Okay. And the last one that's fun, would you rather have pizza or tacos? Tacos. What kind of tacos? Um, Street tacos with corn tortillas, soft corn tortillas. Do you have a favorite local place that you go to to get those? Yeah, it's on 50. Um, What's it called? It's right by Winter Garden Wings. Is it Taco Norteña? Yeah, I love I've never been, but I've driven past it forever. Yes, yes, that is legit. You get a good amount, um, good bang for your buck, but, um, it's just like a dive and those are like the best places to go. Definitely. Well, let's call it a local. <laughs> a local we'll call place. it a local. <laughs> yes. Local business. I, I love going to Taco Nortenia. It's funny that dives had a completely different definition back in the day to now. Like a dive is just a small local restaurant that you go to that's not mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's some that are dives that are really good. So yeah, it's a, it's always a, the, it's the way you define it, I think. Yeah. Well, the purpose, Jessica, of the Pathways to Greatness podcast, and I know we've talked a little bit about it um, one-on-one, it's, it's the idea that everybody has a different de- definition of greatness. A lot of similarities, but so far they've been different. 
And then everybody has a different path in order to, to get there and to achieve greatness or strive to achieve greatness. And the purpose is to share other people's stories, to encourage other people to not stop, because we both know that pathways to greatness is not linear. It's ups and downs, rocks, roots, holes, change of direction, <laughs> switchbacks, where you think you're not making progress, and in actuality, you are making progress. And so what I wanted to do today is to have you share um, your pathway to greatness. But before we get into that is, how would you define greatness? I would define greatness as a culmination of experience, wisdom, mistakes, um, and somewhat of an art of taking all of those things, right? And finding the, the clarity, the, the good pieces that you can put together to create something bigger and better beyond maybe where you've been or what you were given as tools in your past. Yeah, that's, I like that because it's, if everybody heard that, it's putting everything together. It's putting all your life experiences together and being proud of them. It goes back to what you'd said about going back in time is you don't want to change anything. You, you may want to go and realize more lessons that you learned from back in the day. So that's a great definition of greatness. So why don't you get us started with, with where, where you, I guess, where you came from and what got you started on this path to lead you to wanting to find highlight coaching and consulting. You sure you want to know all that? I do. <laughs> so feel free to share as much or as little as you would like. Okay. Well, I mean, I think it's important to take a, a good rewind. And when I say a good rewind, I mean, probably traveling back about 25 years. <clears throat> when I was in high school, I had a lot of very traumatic things happen back to back. And mind you, I did not grow up in a, you know, like a standard household, um, maybe with one or two parents who, you know, maybe were married um, and, you know, a decent income coming into my home. I didn't grow up with any of that. There was a lot of turbulence. There was a lot of um, lack in terms of nurturing and all of these things. I won't go back that far, but we're going to start with high school. And then maybe this will help paint a little bit of the picture of my childhood. But my freshman year, going into my freshman year of high school, um, my dad was, uh, uh, went, went to federal penitentiary. Um, the summer before my freshman year, um, he was sentenced to four years in a Florida penitentiary for a crime um, on federal property. And I didn't, I wasn't aware of this, right? But I wasn't aware of the crime. I was just aware of the aftermath because I, I was swept up into that. Um, my dad, uh, I mean, I, I guess you could 
there was a formal charge. He kidnapped me and brought me to the state of Florida, enrolled me into high school. And that was my new life. I wasn't allowed to tell anybody that we were here. Um, I wasn't allowed to like say goodbye to my family. Um, I was just here. It, actually, I was in Orlando on Kirkman Road. Um, and one morning there was a very loud knocking on the door and it was ATF to let me know that I had family coming from South Carolina to get me and that my dad was down in the vehicle if I wanted to go and tell him goodbye. A lot of confusion all at once. The phone was ringing. I had people telling me to do certain things, hide certain things, get rid of certain things. Um, And I had no idea that any of these things were even happening. I didn't know that I was kidnapped. Um, That's very strange, but I didn't know. Um, And you were 13 or 14? I was 13. Okay. And so my grandmother and my mom came from South Carolina to take me back and I was going to live with my mom. So I was with my mom through the summer, uh, got enrolled freshman year at the local high school in Beaufort, South Carolina, which is my hometown. Um, and shortly after my freshman year began, I came home from school and my grandmother and my mom were there to tell me that my mom was going to rehab. And I was like, rehab for what? Like I I wasn't aware of these things going on, Um, but my mom had a pretty severe drug addiction. So she was going to rehab. So we're in my freshman year. My dad's in federal penitentiary. My mom's in rehab for a drug addiction that apparently all of the community knew about. And they knew some of the activities that my mom was doing and involved in. Um, So it was a really, really, really rough year. Uh, A lot of embarrassment, obviously and confusion. Um, and that kind of is what kicked off my high school experience. Um, so in high school, I found a lot of things to keep me distracted from having to handle what I was going through, having to like, think about it. Um, but also like things to keep me distracted to create some sort of structure for me to kind of figure out what my next steps were going to be. Cause I knew at this point I was going to have to take control of the trajectory of my life. And I literally did not know how to do that. I didn't have positive people. I didn't have, I didn't have um, the support system. I didn't have um, family that really even went to college. Okay. So there was just a lot of toxicity and a lot of misdirection, misguidance um, in my young life of, how I should think, how I should live my life and what my next step should be. And college really wasn't much of the conversation for my, my next steps. It was more like, you need to figure out how to get money. You need to get married, maybe to someone who has money. And this needs to be your direction, right? So money was the the topic of conversation in my home. I wasn't did, did you have that moment where you just made the decision that you wanted to, that you knew you had to take care of yourself and you were in control? Was that like an actual conversation you had with yourself or was it just, did it evolve over time? It was, that was an evolution for sure. Um, if, if this brief story paints anything of what my younger childhood was like, I never really experienced that. I was, I had to grow up very, very quickly. I was taking care of myself 
a lot of my childhood. So by the time I reached high school, I was pretty much on my own, except I was just living under someone's roof. Mm-hmm. So the moment I was able to get a job, I got a job. I involved myself in every single activity at school that I could get involved in to avoid going home. Mm-hmm. So my mom going to rehab and my dad being in prison were not the end of my experiences with them in high school. I did eventually go back to live with my mom um, and she wouldn't come home for days on end. Sometimes I would come home from high school and the lights would be off. There would be no food in the fridge. The water would be off or we would be evicted. Like there, it was a very, very messy experience. Um, so I knew that I just had to focus on what I could control in my day to day, which meant I go to school and then I was in like interact and students against drunk driving. And I was on school improvement council. I played soccer. I was in dance. I was involved in anything that I could. And I took um, private dance lessons outside of school. And I actually cleaned the studio where I got my dance lessons so that I could pay for them because my family could not pay for them. So um, I had to find ways to just create this kind of um, protected ecosystem of a life for myself uh, to avoid the exposure so I could try and get focused. Um, by around 10th or 11th grade, I had decided that um, I, I was going to have to figure this out for myself. And again, like I said, college was not a conversation. Moving away from my hometown was not a topic of conversation. It was just basically you have to figure it out for yourself. So um, <clears throat> we'll fast forward to um when I graduated high school. So I graduated high school and my grandparents were there, but my parents were not. Um, My mom wasn't in the mood to come and my dad was not available. So um, that that was a whole moment in itself because I had worked so hard just to make it through high school and I didn't make very good grades, Um, but I made it through. I didn't have to repeat any grades. And so that was just a big accomplishment. And of course, my parents weren't there for me to witness that. Um, How did that, I can, that, that accomplishment of graduating, share a little bit more about that because that, you bring up so many different things is that on the outside, people may not see that as an accomplishment getting through, but like seeing your face, it clearly was a big accomplishment to, to just graduate. So talk about what that felt like, some of the things that, that you had to do, um, because I know people can relate that just because on the outside, people may not see it as an accomplishment. If you know you've worked hard for it, that's a big accomplishment. Yeah. And I mean, the work really was just staying focused enough to get to school, make good enough grades to pass. <clears throat> and stay away from as much of the bad influence as possible. So I immersed myself, as I had mentioned, in any after-school activity that I could fit into my schedule. Homework was not a focus. I did the best that I could in class. And then after school, I did the best that I could to not go home. And I, I definitely want to say that the structure of dance, 
you know, I was a ballet dancer. So uh, that required a lot of intense focus. You can't be focusing on things outside of yourself. You have to be focusing on your technique and your posture and the movements and the music and the, and counting the beats and managing, you know, the way that your body moves. Um, so that was a really great, almost like meditation for me mm. to escape what was going on inside my life, escape what was going on inside of my head in terms of limiting beliefs and confidence and, you know, not having the support of people that I needed that that was deeply, deeply traumatizing for me. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a continuous thing at, up until my thirties that I experienced with my family. So, um, I, I really just had to create a system for myself that worked to get me through until I could get out. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. No, thank you. Cause I, and, and I just, I hope people hear the, the structure that you created, even though you didn't know you created a structure, you, you still had one. <clears throat> you also found ways to help you get through the tough times by having small wins, attainable goals. Again, whether we knew we did it when we were younger, we still did it. And people still have goals and set them up, but they don't always know like, oh, that was a goal. That was something that I accomplished. And I wrote down is just accomplishments are internal, that that was for you. Graduating high school was for you. And that's something that people need to hear that when you're on a pathway to greatness, you need to be honest with yourself, set goals for yourself, and then be proud of it. Don't expect other people to be proud of your accomplishments. You need to be a proud of those. Yeah. Okay. I paused you at, at high school. <laughs> so you just graduated high school. Okay. Yes. Um, and I spent a couple of years after high school working. I went to the local technical college. Um, I had a job ironing for a very wealthy family. I literally ironed everything for their home. I also taught dance. Uh, I helped run a dance studio and I had a serving job at a restaurant. So I, yes, I worked three jobs and I went to school at the same time. Um, I moved out actually in the middle of my senior year. So I had not even graduated high school before I um, was on my own and I had a job to support that as well. But once I graduated, I picked up other jobs and just just tried to gather as much experience as I could in the small town that I grew up in. Um, And then in 2001, so I graduated high school in 99. In 2001, I moved to Orlando. So I spent a good seven or nine months saving up to leave so I could go to University of Central Florida. That was the goal. Uh, Unfortunately, I didn't have the grades to really get into UCF. So I had to go to Valencia and do that track that puts you into UCF. Um, but it was just, it was a struggle all around. Even when I left my hometown, a lot of that stuff followed me along. I had to work through the internal barriers, the things that I was taught, um, the, the things that I had believe, learned to believe about myself over 
a good 20 plus years of my life. And a lot of those experiences have shaped me today. So going back to, would you freeze time or would you go back in time? I would not go back in time. A lot of the things that I went through were awful. No no child should ever have to go through those things. But as a 41-year-old woman, I'm very grateful for those experiences because I'm now able to take that and create something for other people, mm-hmm. right? For my own children, for my own life. Um, but I, I definitely am appreciative of all of that pain that I went through. Um, it made me an incredibly empathetic person and I'm, I'm, pretty, pretty sure that almost anyone could sit in front of me and share a story of a struggle. And I can find a way to relate to that. Um, Because there's probably some way that I connect to it um, through everything that I've seen and experienced. But uh, I was here for a number of years working in hospitality and hospitality management, and then um, got through UCF I got my degree in organizational communications and leadership studies, and um, I experienced a divorce in the middle of that, and I actually finished uh, my degree as a single mom. So that is another thing that really shaped who I am today, and um, I finally moved into the corporate world. and. Through all of this, I really could never pinpoint uh, a career that I would find to suit the skills and the way that I thought and the way that I've always been a very, there there was a period where I was very, very type A. I consider myself to be more B plus now, Um, but uh, I could, I needed something that would fit that very structured very meticulous way that I had trained myself to think. And, you know, when you are living a life of abuse, I had a lot of abuse as a child, you are forced to always begin with the end in mind. Like you are forced. If I do this, what could happen? Okay, maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I should do this instead because you know, my mom would be mad or my dad would be mad and then X, Y, Z could happen. So I was always reverse engineering my decisions at a very young age. So as I moved into the corporate world, I was looking for something that required reverse engineering because I just really craved that. I learned to love it actually. So I found myself in supply chain logistics and um, I spent a good seven years and I was incredibly successful in that space. Um, I advanced rapidly. I was able to help build processes and training uh, programs. Um, And then through that career, I started to connect with other young people. And I was able to use my experiences, not necessarily sharing my experiences. I I keep those pretty close to my chest. Um, I use my experiences as my strengths and but I was able to connect with young people and really help mentor them and coach them to design a life that they felt good about and excited them and made them feel successful. So that's a, a long (laughs) 
kind of a long story to tell you about where I got where I am today, about how I got where I am today. Um, but that's really what brought me here is one, you know, highlight is a started as a passion for me to connect with my younger self, to give my younger self what I need, also to give what I see young people needing today. Mm-hmm. There's such a similarity, right? And a lot of young people today aren't going through what I went through. They're going through things that are different. Um, and they could be going through some of what I went through, but that teenage, that high school, that middle school, high school space, um, regardless of what your childhood was like, it requires so much support because I didn't know how to connect with where I wanted to go. I didn't know how to connect with who I was in the moment. Had I had a structure around how I was thinking and the path I was carving for myself, I could have, it's not for sure, but I think I could have overcome and shortcut some of the mistakes that I made particularly in who I surrounded myself with Mm -hmm. because I absolutely without a doubt had a tendency to settle in relationships, friendships, romantic relationships. I would absolutely settle because I didn't know what a good, healthy relationship looked like. I had no idea. I didn't have a template at home. It was just chaos. It was, uh, you know, a lack of structure, a lack of positive role models. Um, So anything that came my way, I kind of clung to it. Thinking, oh, maybe this is it, right? Yeah, adults do the same thing, you know, and it's, it's so interesting is when you look at the teenagers and young adults, and we always talk about how you know, they need to surround themselves with the right people and they need to focus on what they're doing. Well, us adults, we don't have it all figured out, but we need to do an audit and an inventory of the people that we surround ourselves with. And if you're wanting to accomplish more and you need to find people that are accomplishing more to pull you along. And it's like you you need someone to pull you along. So that way you can reach back and pull somebody else with you. And if you're the, absolutely, if you're the smartest one in the room, what do they say? You're in the wrong room. room. (laughs) (laughs) It's like at the poker table. If you don't know who the, uh, the, the punk is basically, um, you're probably the one, you know, if, if who's the worst person at the table, worst player at the table, if you can't figure it out, it's probably you. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the same thing is that we have to look about um, striving to find new people and to build a circle around us. One of the things that you had said, and then I want to come back to surrounding yourself and get some of your tactics of what you do. You talked about some of the low struggle moments as you were in college and as you were growing up and people probably observed you as an adult, expected more but we're still in our twenties. We are far from having it all figured out. There's some rare unicorns out there that seem to, but they're still 20. So the life experiences do pay a lot of dividends, but what were some of the things that 
that you did that could help someone who might be in that same position, regardless of how old they are, is if it looks like that the deck is stacked against them, they have challenge after challenge, and they just keep getting hit across the face with a right cross. What were some of the things that you did to help you keep moving forward? I would constantly be looking for opportunities to learn something. When waves are crashing over your face and you feel like you are drowning in many different ways, sometimes, um, just remembering and believing, right? I always believed that there was something more for me and I was not going to stop looking for that. No matter what was happening to me, I was always looking for the opportunity to grow, learn, and forge forward to connect with that future version of myself that I knew existed. So I have this saying, believe it until you become it. Um, Because I would just show up as the person that I wanted to be, as I saw in my future. And I would just be her. And it didn't always fit the bill of where I was at. Right. And we'll, we'll use a a career as um, the example. So when I was a logistics coordinator, I knew that that was not my destiny. I wanted to be in a leadership role. I wanted to be making large scale impact in a positive way in an organization. I wanted to, you know, not only improve my career and my income, but I, I always believed that I was put on this earth to do something big for other people. So I was always putting myself in the position in my mind of that larger version of myself. So when I was a logistics coordinator, I behaved as if I were the manager of the team. And then when I became the manager of the team, I behaved as if I were the director of the department. And then when I became the director of multiple departments, I behaved as if I was, you know, a VP or um, a CEO. And then as, you know, as we sit here and we talk, I am that person. I am the person that I always showed up and I became the person that I always showed up as. And, uh, and that's because people start to see you as that person, right? So they start to treat you as that person. And then as you interview to become that person officially, they already see you in that place. So how does this apply to your life where you stand? If you're in a position where you are really unhappy, maybe you're stuck in a bad relationship or you are in a situation at home that is really not good, imagining your life as a leveled up version and doing the things that that leveled up version of yourself requires of you showing up as your future self today will help you become that version, right? So I came from a place where going to college wasn't an, a conversation, but in my mind, it, there was no other option. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to college and I'm going to find my way, right? Through Pell Grants and through loans and whatever it was. I saw myself as being someone who did something bigger in life. And even though I didn't have it defined, you don't have to have it defined. You just have to know that there's more and, and that it is for you, that you are worth the effort. And 
while the path may not be clear, when you create that vision, the path will find a way. And you, you keep that in the forefront of your mind. Like, I know this is for me. And no matter what, I'm going to show up as whatever this version of myself requires. And I'm going to do it today. The best to my ability, right? And 1% better each day mm-hmm. until I get there. <clears throat> Everybody just needs to start hitting rewind. <laughs> Go back a couple minutes and start over and listen to that because that is, it's so, it's perfect from my perspective because I wrote down behave who you want to be or behave like who you want to be. And either way I, you say it, it stills the same thing is if you're, if you really want more out of life, you've got to be that person that gets more out of life and you can't be the victim. And that's what I yes. hear you saying is that you never played the victim is how many of us, me included, have been a, a lower position in their career and wanted to be more, but still acted like the lower position and complained and it's somebody else's fault and somebody else's issues that I didn't get promoted but let me tell you, if you act like a leader and you perform and you show up like a leader, you will you will become a leader. You'll get the promotion. <clears throat> but if nothing else, you'll have the respect of the people around you because you show up differently than everybody else. So if you're 50 and you want more out of life, what do you want to be? You know, it's like create that vision that we talk about and then live it, be it every day, believe it, show up. And people will start to take notice quickly of like, well, wait, why is Jeff different? Why is Jessica different? What, what is it about them? Oh, wow. This is, this is different. I want a little piece of that. And it's just mm-hmm. showing up and behaving that way. That's really, really good. Now, shifting back to surrounding yourself. So I know we both agree that surrounding yourself with the right people, and I can't imagine anybody that would disagree with that. Um, what were some of the things that you started to do and what you do now to surround yourself with, with the right people that will help somebody else while they're looking for a new tribe or looking to enter into a new group? So I didn't start really, truly surrounding myself with the right people probably in, until about eight years ago. Um, I had a tendency to, like I'd mentioned before, kind of accept whoever accepted me and, you know, just went with it. But as I really started to command more from me, and this happened around the time that I got divorced, I started to command more of myself to actually become more. And this required me to to surround myself with people that actually created a little discomfort for me. Mm. And as I started to see that work, I started to do it more. A perfect example, my husband. So when we first started dating, I was a little uncomfortable with the the way that the relationship unfolded because it wasn't my standard like dating style or whatever, right? He very much dictated, this is what I expect from you. 
and it was new for me. I was like, oh my gosh, uh, <laughs> no, um, no, this is what I expect from you. And it was a little bit of like a tug of war, but it challenged me in a new way and it made me, you know, grow in a new way. And then I started to notice like a trend. Um, I, I started to spend time with other females or other people like, you know, in my friendship group that challenged me in the same, in a similar fashion. Right. Uh, and I think over time that has become the norm for me. Mm -hmm. I find people who make me a little bit uncomfortable because they have something to teach me. And I'm so used to being self-taught and, and finding or knowing the answers already that I think learning from other people was a little bit intimidating because I, I figured it out on my own. I don't need other people. Right. Um, but I had to cast that off. That was a little bit of ego. Um, that was a little bit of, you know, old version of Jessica that needed to be like that to get where she needed to go. But you have to be willing to challenge yourself and change the way that you see things, um, and maybe see friendships or romantic relationships so that you are able to level up. And then I, I, over time became very comfortable with challenging, um, who I would spend my time with. And now I look for that specifically. I crave high level thinkers. I crave people who are, are givers, you know, they have a servant leadership mentality. And over time, as I've developed in, as you know, building in building highlight, I have found uh, other old friendships kind of shedding because they are not feeding that desire in me, which is to surround myself with with, like I said, those high level thinkers, the people who are going to teach me something. I do not want to be the smartest person in the room ever. I never want to be that. I want to be surrounded with people who inspire me, who challenge me, who, um, who just make me want to be a better version of myself tomorrow, even though that's already the way that I think. Um, and this brings me to the thought of a challenge network. So, so intentionally surrounding yourself with people who are going to challenge the way that you think, who are going to poke holes in your ideas, who are going to tell you that you're wrong, or uh, you need to look at this from a different angle. Those are the people who are going to help you be successful without a doubt. And I look back at some of my experiences in my career and some of those experiences were super negative and really painful. Um, like I got fired once. Huh, what? <laughs> Type A Jessica got fired, right? It, you know, I think it was more pandemic related than anything else. Um, but that was really, really difficult to go through. And there was absolutely a period of time where I took on a victim mentality because in all honesty, I don't think the company handled it in a good way. Um, so I definitely felt attacked, but, you know, as we fast forward a few years, I look back and I'm like, Hey, thanks for letting me go. Cause now I got my own thing and right. I, can, I can build something the way that I think it should be built and I can impact people positively. And that's where it's important to look back and say, thank you. <laughs> you know, yes. because where there's moments where you think it's, it could be the worst or other people think, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, it's like when I got laid off, laid off 
that was a blessing. That that's the best thing that's happened in my adult life because I was holding on to something that I didn't need to hold on to that was was it needed to go. And for it to go allowed me to spread my wings and and do do more and find more that was fulfilling, but I was so connected to the identity of a job and of a corporate job. And that's what I want people to think about is not necessarily from a career, but where's your identity? And it goes back to what you said before, it's behave. So you have to, you got to know your values. You've got to make decisions based on your values. And if you want to level up, if that's one of your values, then what are the things that you're doing to find a challenge network? I also liked what you said about finding a group of people that are going to poke holes and identify areas of improvement. The, the caveat that I want the audience to hear is make sure it's positive challenging and it's challenging, not from a point of their being intimidated or weakness, trying to tear you down, yeah. but helping you get more. And so be very aware and be very, um, I guess, cognizant of, of, of who the, that circle is and start to gauge and measure okay, what kind of feedback am I receiving? Is it, is it like you said earlier, is it an attack to just bring me down? It's like the crabs in the bucket mm -hmm. analogy. It's I'm climbing up the bucket or everybody else just pulling me down because they're afraid that I'm going to get out the bucket or are they pushing me by with their feedback and saying, look, I want to see Jessica take over the world. And so I'm going to do everything I can to help lift her up and to help identify some things she may not have seen. So that's a critical piece as well. Yeah. And it definitely requires some critical thinking skills and introspection and reflection. And I encourage everyone to do this. Um, when, when we go back to what you'd mentioned, taking inventory of who you surround yourself with. Are these people pulling me down do I feel refreshed and invigorated when I step away from these conversations and these interactions? Or do I feel drained? Do I need a nap? Do I feel negative when I walk away? Those are key indicators, right? And they don't really require a whole lot of introspection. It's just, do I feel good when I walk away? Or do I, and, and do I feel motivated? Or do I feel drained? And do I feel like I'm in a like, negative energy or negative thought process when I step away? that that's how you can take inventory and kind of shed people who maybe aren't for you anymore. And that's quite all right to outgrow relationships. Maybe you grow back together at some point, right? But you've got to command control of your life and you are steering this ship. So you cannot allow other people to step in and bring you down from whatever goals that it is that you have set for your life. Well, and the other part, when you were talking about steering your ship, that's where it goes. One of my critical things is, you know, your tongue is your rudder. The things that you say in your own head and the things that you say to other people steer that same ship. Absolutely. So be very aware of the things that you say to yourself. So it goes back to what you said earlier is believe it until you become it. Mm -hmm. So are you writing these things down to where you can see it? You know, is do you need to find somebody like Jessica to help you define what that looks like? 
and to get it on paper and to formulate something that will help you be more and do more because you know you're capable of more. Did you have a personal or do you, yeah, I guess that's the question. Do you have a personal mission statement or vision statement that you follow? Um, I have what I call a mantra, okay. which is to live, live simply and love deeply. And if things in my life check one of those boxes, I kind of use that as my, you know, my compass. And that's what people need. If you don't have a mantra, if you don't have a mission statement, if you don't have a creed, an ethos, whatever you want to call it, I encourage you to sit down and put one together because the more you look at that and the more you read it and you believe it, that's definitely who you become. Because I know when I created mine a little over five years ago, um, I wasn't that person it took me a while to continue to read it, but it has completely shaped in a positive way how I show up every day for my friends and my family and the people that I work with. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. I, I have um, tools that I use that help keep me on track uh, throughout the year and keep me focused on various goals. But regardless of those tools, I'm always remembering, does this check the box of living simply or does it make someone else's life simpler? Mm -hmm. And, and, or does this check the box of loving deeply or showing other people how to love deeply? Like those are really, really important things for me. And it could be loving your career, loving your family, loving who you are, right? It, it's a very, um, very broad, but also very deep, those two little sayings. So if you had to, or if you get to, if you get to go back and give yourself three pieces of advice, maybe your college self, what would they be? Trust the process. Be patient. Believe it until you become it. Okay. That's good. That's a good mantra. You may have two mantras. It's also a t-shirt idea. I wrote it down because that needs to be the next t-shirt, by the way. <laughs> so if you're going to ask yourself in five to 10 years, three questions or two, whatever, however many you want to answer, how many, what questions would you ask yourself? How many people have I helped have I done all of the things that I want to do currently with my business and with my family? Um, and do I feel fulfilled? I like it. And the second question that I want people to pay attention to is the only way she can answer that in five to 10 years is because she knows what she wants to accomplish in five to 10 years. So if you haven't decided that and you want to ask yourself that question, then you need to figure out what you want to do and accomplish in five to 10 years. I like the activity. Where'd you get that from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I stumbled upon it in a book. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's, I love the exercise because it really does bring you back 
to today. And it's just like you talked about in that second question is if you can't define your actions today, then how do you know where you're headed? And if you know where you want to go, but you're not doing the things that will get you there today, then what are you going to do? I made a um, a, a quick little four minute podcast. You guys could go back and, and find it. It's about the man in the arena is you have to you've got to be in the arena if you want to win the fight and you, you can't live in a huddle. And I've seen so many people and I've done it. So a lot of times in my life where I live in the huddle, I consume, 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 and I get smarter, but I don't put everything into action. Mm -hmm. Consuming doesn't do anything for you if you don't actually Mm -hmm. do it. And that's what I love about this exercise because it's challenging you to are you doing the things that you need to do to move you forward? It's little yes. 1% steps. It's just progress. You might not see that it's progress today, but as long as you're you're moving, then you're not going backwards. Yeah, it's all in the execution. And uh, the, I have this book. Um, it's called One Small Step Can Change Your Life. This is all about the Kaizen methodology. And if you can show up 1% better every single day in just one area, okay? So just focus on one area, show up 1% better every single day, you will become 37% better in that area over the course of a year. That's math. It's not 365%, by the way. It's 37%. (laughs) Um, But just think, the year's going to pass anyway. Why aren't we working on making ourselves better every day? And if we are, how intentional are we, are we um, doing it, right? How intentional are we being about this 1%? Are we focusing in a specific area or are we just applying it anywhere and everywhere? Either way is fine. You'll see slower progress if you're doing it anywhere and everywhere. Um, but maybe you're doing it across multiple categories in your life every single day. But if you are really, really focused and really dedicated and committed to leveling up your life and finding yourself in a new place that maybe you were never given the tools to do, right? So for me, it's all it's always been about legacy change. I did not want to repeat what my family's legacy is, was, right? The family I came from stops with me. And I'm creating a new generation and a new legacy for my family moving forward because there's no place in this world for what I went through. And I want to help other people overcome where they're at so that they can generate that legacy change for themselves. But I also want to be a really good role model for my kids and show them that they can be even better than how they're being raised to be, right? Um, but yeah, it all starts with 1%. And this is a super easy book to read, small, 200 pages, but it's so tiny. It goes by quick um, to kind of get you started on the the methodologies around showing up 1% better. Well, I was going to ask you what you could leave the audience, but I think that nails it. <laughs> That's really good. It's a great start. It is. Yeah. And the the thing that resonated with me that I just want people to hear again, what you said is you, your legacy starts today. And no matter what you're doing, what you have done, 
is you can change your legacy for the better today. It also doesn't matter how old you are. You could be 14 and have a legacy. You can be 44. You can be 84. And it all starts today. So Jessica, thank you for coming on today. Where can people find you? Um, okay. Well, you can find me in lots of places. Um, my company is Highlight Coaching and Consulting. Uh, we've got a website, highlightcoaching.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at highlight.coaching. And um, I also have my own personal coaching page, which is coach.jessica.villegas. She said it right. <laughs> <laughs> no, and all the notes, all that stuff will be in the show notes. So I don't know who looks at show notes, but at least it's there. Um, that if anybody needs to um, find you, they can just go there. I'll have active links that will get them to all your, your pages. Um, and then if you want to reach out, there'll be an, uh, a link to Highlight Coaching so you can see more about Jessica and all the other coaches that are a part of Highlight, including myself. And um, you can schedule a consultation to talk to Jessica or any of the other coaches to get your legacy started. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. All right. It's really fun. Yeah, it was. We'll do it again, I'm sure. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Am I actually going away? Thank you for listening to the Pathways to Greatness podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with all your friends. Also, rate and review the show to help more people find these valuable conversations. You guys have a great day.